the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Sue Freeze Show, the pursuit of passion, purpose, and connection. Now, here's Sue Freeze. Thank you so much for joining the Sue Freeze Show, and I'm so thankful to be with you today again. After eight and a half years of doing this show, uh, when I meet people in public or at some gathering, I always ask, you know, do you listen? And they'll say yes or no. And then I'll say, um, is there any way I can improve? What what subjects would you like to have me talk about? And um, I have to say, in the eight and a half years of doing this, I always ask people to connect with me by going to the Sufri's, spelt like fries, one word, dot com. Um, show to go on the website and to actually connect with me and tell me your name, maybe your email, and what it is that's going on in your life. Um, do you have a prayer request? Do you need resources? Uh, what's what's going on? And I found that the shows that got the most most connections and the most um, reaction was one very uh, recent on heartbreak, uh, having your heart broken. And then the other one was on thief, uh, a thief that was stealing from me. Uh, I had a lot of people connecting with me on that one, giving me suggestions and um, suspects that they said I should think about uh, looking at. And so um, today... Uh, I'm going to talk about nine lessons for breakups. Now, you know, we all come from a different place. And uh, I don't know, if if I was in a room full of people, I guess I would ask the question, how many people raise by raising, you know, raising of your hand, how many people have gone through heartbreak or a breakup? And I think I, I would have to say that probably 99.9 people would say, yes, I've been through it. And I think uh, looking back over my life and people that I've, you know, been there for, that every time that there has been a breakup, something better would be after it. And we learn from our breakups. We learn, um, we have to take away what we have to take away so that we can be better people because each one of us plays a part. And maybe it just wasn't the right timing. Maybe it's not the right person. Or maybe we weren't the right person at that time. And maybe it just wasn't God's plan. And that truly could be the case. And so what are some questions? If you are in a situation right now where you're on the fence or the person you're with is dragging their feet and they're on the fence, ask yourself this question. Do you want to stay in this relationship with somebody being on the fence, or would you rather be with somebody that is sure 
that they want to spend the rest of their life with you. Because we only have so many days and so many hours and so many years, and there's no guarantees, is there? And so wouldn't it be better to know sooner than later that this might not be the right uh, connection or right relationship or right person for you to be thinking about spending the rest of your life with? So even though it hurts beyond hurts, oh, heartbreak, you know, it's like your heart is bleeding, it's open, it's vulnerable, and it just hurts so bad, and it's so painful. But once we get over that hump, maybe we can look back and say, I'm glad I didn't waste any more time in this relationship, because there's something better on the horizon. Maybe God has something better in store for the two of you, not just one of you, but both of you. Because I've told my children since very young that, you know, choosing who you're going to spend the rest of your life with is the second most important decision that you're going to make. Pressure. No pressure? Yeah, lots of pressure. You know, you want to be sure. How can you be sure? I don't know. You just, your heart says, yes, this is it. You just know. And if you don't know, then you have to question that you don't know or that you're, the person you're with is not sure, Right. So, so people say, well, what's the first? What's the first most important decision? And I'm sure some of you can already uh, guess what that would be. Uh, and it's our personal relationship with our Heavenly Father. That should be number one. We need to put him first in all things because he tells us that that's what he wants us to do. And things work a lot better if we do things the way he designs them to be. So he says, put me first and then love thy neighbor as thyself. And you have to ask yourself who your neighbor is. Uh, and you can figure out the definition of that. I would say it's anybody and everybody else. Yep. All right. So, dear Heavenly Father, I lift up this time and I ask that you guide my words, guide my thoughts. Help me to have discernment, Holy Spirit. Just help me to deliver the message that you want delivered, that the pain that people might be experiencing right now, that you bring them comfort, you bring them peace, and in time bring them joy. And, Lord, I just ask all these things in your precious name. And we just are assured and we believe that you have us. You have each and every one of us. You want to have every one of us. And there might be some that just aren't sure. They don't know that you're there for them. And Lord, I just hope and pray that their hearts be opened, their eyes be opened to where they can receive the fullness of what you have for them. The healing power that only you can provide. And Lord, we ask all these things in your precious, precious name. I love my Heavenly Father. I truly do. And He has been there through thick and thin. Even in times when I didn't feel His presence, later on I realized He was there. He was there. And I just have to tell you that if you're going through a very trying, tough time right now, and your heart is open and you feel like it's bleeding, understand He's there and He's grieving right alongside you. He's sad when we're sad. But, you know, He knows your future. He he already knows. But sometimes we have to go through these things because would we really appreciate the next thing if there wasn't something that was maybe lacking here? Would we really even recognize it? So looking on the positive side, you know, I like to look for the positive in everything. And through every breakup, every pain, crisis, little big, in the middle, 
things that we go through, it's preparing us. Preparing us for our next assignment. Preparing us to value and to appreciate what's next. And you know what? If we look at it like that, it can be very, very exciting. You know, it's like this whole world out there. And who knows what God has for us. We just have to be open to it. Don't shut ourselves down. You know, don't protect ourselves and put our walls so high up that nobody can get in. That's sad. You know, I do know some people that have had their hearts so hurt that they just won't allow that heart to get hurt again. And I feel sorry for them because I feel like they're missing out. It's not easy, and it kind of feels uncomfortable to put yourself out there. It totally does. I get it. But what, what are we going to miss if we don't? What, what are we going to miss? It's not you. It's God. Nine Lessons for Breakups. It's an article by Marshall Siegel. Some of, my, some of a single person's darkest days fall after a breakup. You risked your heart. You shared your life. You bought the gifts. You made the memories and dreamed your dreams together. And it fell apart. Now, you're back at square one in the quest for marriage. And it feels lonelier than square one and further from the altar because of all you've spent and lost. No one begins dating someone hoping to break it off someday. The wiring in most of us has us longing for the wedding day. We're looking, sometimes it feels frantically, for love, for affection, and security, and companionship, and commitment, and intimacy, and help. After all, God seems to want most of us to be married. Genesis 2.18 Proverbs 18.22, 1 Corinthians 7.2, and 9. But that sure hasn't made getting married easy. The pain of intimacy without matrimony. The pain cuts deeper and lingers longer than most pain young people have felt in their lives. Breakups are painful and uncomfortable, and many of us have or will walk this dark and lonely road. So here are nine lessons for building hope and loving others when Christians end a not-yet marriage. If you're tuning in right now, thank you so much for doing so. This is The Sue Freeze Show. Sue Freeze, spelt like fries, one word, dot com. You need to make it a jingle. If you are a jingle maker, let me know. Go there. Go there and check it out because there is so much available to you there. There are the I am's, which is who God says you are. There's a lot of people in this world that will tell you other than what God's saying. And you know what? I have found that we are much better people when we understand who we are in Christ. He says we're victorious. We might not feel like it right now, but he says that we are victorious. So we have to own that. We have to believe that. We have to stand on that when everything else is seen something different. Say, I am victorious. In Jesus' name. It's very important to say his name. 
out loud. It's okay to cry. And you probably should. Breakups almost always hurt. Maybe you didn't see it coming and the other person suddenly wants out. Maybe you were convinced it needed to end but knew how hard it would be to tell them. Maybe you've been together for years. Maybe you love their family and friends. Without the ceremony and covenant, it's not a divorce, but it can feel like it. It feels like divorce for a reason. You weren't made for this misery. God engineered romance to express itself in fidelity and loyalty, in oneness. Genesis 2.24, Matthew 19.9, Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 7.2 and 13. Because dating is only a means to marriage, God's design for our marriages speaks to his design for our dating relationships. Dating that dives in too quickly or dumps too carelessly does not reflect God's intention. This doesn't mean every dating relationship should end in marriage, but it does mean breakups will hurt. Sorrow in the midst of the severing is not only appropriate, but good. So feel free And know that the pain points to something beautiful about your God and his undying love for you. And if it doesn't hurt, it probably should. If you can come in and out of romance without pain or remorse, something sounds out of sync. So check yourself on that, okay? This doesn't mean you have to be ruined by every breakup, but there should be a sense that this isn't right. It's not how it's supposed to be. Hearts weren't built to be borrowed. God needs to show some of us the gravity of failed relationships because of what they wrongly suggest about him and his love for the church. So what is that saying? It's saying to guard your heart. Guard your heart. Don't just freely give it. Value yourself enough to hold on to that because that's you and you are special and wonderfully made. That's from me to you. It's the Holy Spirit being strong there. Number two, don't try again too quickly. Boy, isn't that a word from the wise. There's a lot of people that get divorced or break up and they just pick up something new like really quick. And uh, that's not the best thing to do. We need to evaluate and have time to just grieve that loss and, uh, you know, put that, th- put that in perspective and, and to just let that kind of simmer down a little bit, right? Heal our wounds a little bit before opening a whole nother set of heart issues. Knowing and embracing God's design for permanence in marriage and dating will help us feel appropriately. But it will also help us take healthy next steps in our pursuit of marriage. One of the worst and most popular mistakes is moving on to the next one too soon. Affection can be an addiction. If you've been on dates, held hands, seen smiles, exchanged notes, experienced the sweetness of another's attention and affirmation, you will want more of that. And the easiest way to find it is to rebound right away. But if we care about God, our witness, our ex, and our future significant other, we will wait. We will pray and date patiently and carefully. It's too easy to leave a trail of wounded people behind in our pursuit of our partner. It's a lie to think that you're not moving toward marriage if you're not dating someone right now. Sometimes the best thing you can do for your future spouse is to not date. If your history looks serial, 
You might need to break up with dating for a while. It can be a time to regroup, grow, and discover a new rhythm for your future relationship. Number three, you may have failed, but God didn't. The relationship may be over because of a specific character flaw or failure of some kind. There are things about us, weaknesses or patterns of behavior that may disqualify us for marriage with a particular person, but it does not nullify God's grace to and through you. Sin in relationships is some of the most visible and painful. As we let each other further and further into our lives and hearts, the sin is more likely to show itself and to cut the other person more deeply. As people come closer, and we need this in true Christian community, our sin inevitably becomes more dangerous. Our mess is more likely to splash onto others and theirs on us. But whoever has done the failing in your breakup, it wasn't God. Because of Jesus, his promises never leave or forsake you, are true every moment and in every relationship status. If you are trusting in Christ for the forgiveness of your sin and striving to follow him and his word, God has never abandoned you and he will never abandon you. Sometimes it feels like it though, doesn't it? Sometimes it feels like it. God didn't take a break from loving you in your breakup, even if you're the reason it's over. His purposes are bigger than your blunders. Remember that, okay? You are better having loved and lost You know, sometimes people say, oh, it'd be better if I never went through this at all. And I don't agree with that. You know, a long time ago, I was live on the radio, and I don't remember the discussion at all, but I remember this married woman calling, saying that she lost her husband, and they'd been married many, many years, like 45 years. And she was so devastated that it was very difficult for her to get up in the morning and to do what she did because she did it all the time with her husband. And she was so saddened because her partner, her life partner, was no more. And I said to her, and I, I mean, it came out very quickly for me. And I, you know, I was saddened for her because it's lonely for her. But I also thought about all the people in this world that have never experienced that, that she got to experience that, that love for that length of time and that companionship, that intimacy, that true love. What a blessing she was able to experience. And yes, it's painful to not have it anymore, but it is better to have loved and lost than to have never loved at all. And I think some of us miss it because we're afraid of allowing us to have a heartbreak if that's what's going to happen. But if we tell ourselves, you got to put yourself out there because you don't want to look back and say, what if? Do you? Do you want to look back and say, you know, I didn't, I guarded my heart so much because I didn't want to get hurt. You didn't get hurt, but now you're very lonely and you don't have that person in your life. God might have brought the person three or four times to your house, but you were so busy protecting yourself that you didn't even see it. You wouldn't allow yourself to feel it. It's time to change that. It's time to say, okay, God, I'm going to be obedient to you and I'm going to open myself up as scary as that is and I'm going to allow you to take charge And find me that person that you want me to be with, that you've designed for me. You know, my children, they're older now. You know, they're in their 30s. And I told them a long time ago 
that I prayed, and I'm still praying, for their spouses. When they were in my womb, I was praying for my children's spouses because I wanted them to grow up and I wanted them to love the Lord first. I wanted them to have this close relationship with the Lord because in my heart, I know that if they love the Lord, they're going to love my child. And we are called to serve one another and to put each other first. That's what love is. And so I've been praying all this time, 30-some years, for the spouses of my kids. And, you know, I'm to that point right now, just to be honest, (laughs) that I'm ready to be a grandma and I'm ready for them to find that person that's been being prepared. God's been preparing that person for my children. And I'm ready. And I think my children are ready, too. I told them to wait till they were after 30. I wanted them to wait till 30. Okay, and now they're they're older than 30. So, all right, it's time, kids, okay? So uh, I'm looking forward to being a grandma. I really am looking forward to that. So you are better having loved and lost. There's a unique shame and brokenness associated with breakups. Relationships and love may be celebrated more in the church than anywhere else because we rightly love marriage so much. I'm so sorry for this, this thing. I don't know how to turn it off. Unfortunately, these same convictions often make breakups an uncomfortable conversation, at best embarrassing, and at worst scandalous or humiliating. I'm just going to say that if you are heading for breakup, uh, the best thing to do is to remember that these people are going to continue on in your, maybe in your circle, maybe just outside your circle. If you go to church and they're in that church too, minimize minimize uh, conversations that are not pleasing to God. Minimize them, please. You feel like damaged goods, like you've been ruined in God's eyes or in the eyes of others. The hard-to-believe but beautiful truth is that broken up you is a better you. Hard to swallow right now, right? Hard to swallow right this minute, but it's true. And now, if you're, you've been in a relationship where it's been on the fence or you feel like you've been stuck and it's not moving in the direction you want it to move, you're freed. You're freed to experience the next season. You're freed to, to be there and to open up that um, possibility of what God has next. It's pretty exciting, actually, if you think about it like that, even though it hurts. I'm not minimizing the pain. Because it hurts. It hurts really bad. But you too, this too shall pass. And we will get over this. And then we'll move into the next season. And it's kind of exciting wondering what God's got in store for us next, doesn't it? If in your sorrow you turn to the Lord and repent of whatever sin you brought to this relationship, you are as precious to your Heavenly Father as you have ever been. And He's using every inch of your heartache, failure, or regret to make you more of what he created you to be and to give you more of what he created you to enjoy himself. I love that. So we are going to go to a break, and I just want to say thank you and uh, stay tuned because we're only halfway through, and I'm looking forward to the second half of this show. And hang in there, okay? The pain will subside. It will. So see you after the break. Hi, this is Sue Freeze, the termite lady from Ecola Termite and Pest Control. 
And I'm Tyson Freeze, Sue's son, and also work at E. Cola. I understand why E. Cola is Southern California's number one alternative pest control company. As a child with asthma, my mother made it her number one priority to protect me from harmful chemicals and contaminants. I wrote a book about it called Learning to Breathe, about a love without bounds and a fight I refuse to lose. I'll always be thankful for my mom's love and strength during this struggle, which essentially saved my life. I'm proud knowing my mother, Andy Cola, cares for our customers like my mom cared for me. We are offering $100 off any termite work and $50 off pest control for new customers. Just call 877-332-BUGS for details. That's 877-332-BUGS. Or online at termitelady.com. E. Cola, powerful termite and pest control. As gentle as a butterfly. Love you, Mom. E. Cola termite and pest control. 877-332-BUGS. All right, it's David James. My friend, Sue Freeze, the termite lady from Ecola, is here. And, Sue, you were just telling me that allergies and termites have something in common? Dave, if you have a problem with termites in your home but also suffer from allergies and chemical sensitivity, we offer an array of termite control services that will be able to solve your problem without putting your health at risk. Our Ecola heat process uses extreme heat instead of chemicals to kill and remove termites and any other pests that may be infesting your home. Yes, and you were telling me about the awesome electro gun treatments. It sends electricity through the wood and you use it as part of your termite control services? They're very effective. So if you are concerned with your health and are sensitive to chemicals, know that we have an array of options for termite control. Don't sacrifice your health or the health of your home. Call E. Cola Termite Pest Control Services now. 800-332-BUGS. 800-332-BUGS or termitelady.com. E. Cola, powerful termite and pest control. As gentle as a butterfly. You're listening to The Sue Freeze Show, the pursuit of passion, purpose, and connection. And here again is Sue Freeze. Thank you so much, E. Cola Termite Pest Management Services, for sponsoring this show. I so appreciate E. Cola for doing that. Look, we're hiring. Uh, I don't, we don't need employees. We need co- career-minded people. We need employees, but I want them to be career-minded. It is not a job. It is a career. It's a new direction for you, maybe. Or maybe you've been in the business and you're just looking for a change. We'd love to ha- talk with you. We have seven offices coming covering from San Diego to San Luis Obispo. So any one of those areas would work. Um, get in contact with us by going to termitelady.com and filling out the application, sending it in, and then we'll call you and we'll uh, have a discussion. Okay? You have to have a clean driving record if you're going to be out there on the road. And uh, we do fingerprinting through the FBI. So um, if you have any former record that might cause a problem. But other than that, we'd love to talk with you. Okay. So we're talking about uh, having a broken heart and breaking up and uh, that you're, you know, it's better to have loved and lost than to have never loved at all. And, you know, that sounds interesting, but it's so true. It's so true. And anybody that's gone through it and has gone through it and been, we're on the other side, you know that's true, don't you? So if you know somebody that's suffering, if, if somebody is going through this, you know, everybody goes through things like this in their own timing. But you know what? Um, you might need to be there to give them a hand up, to talk to them with affirmation and let them know that they are loved by God and by you. Um, so that they can get through this tough time because it's painful. And, and, you know, to internalize and say that, you know, there must be something wrong with you, there's nothing wrong with you. Yeah, you might have some issues and you might have things, but you know what? I'm so glad God's not done with me yet. 
that life is a journey and um, you know I'm not perfect and neither are you and that's okay isn't that great to know okay so when one prize is stripped away we can graciously be reminded of how little we have apart from Christ and the fortune he's purchased for us with his blood he has become for us wisdom for the foolish righteousness for sinners sanctification for the broken and redemption for the lost and afraid 1 Corinthians one thirty, and affection and security and identity for the lonely man or woman reeling after the end of a relationship so even in the aftermath of a breakup we have reason to boast as long as our boast is in everything Christ is for us, 1 Corinthians one i I'd like to give the address because if you want to open your Bible and you want to look it up, you want to read more than just this one line, this one scripture. You want to, you want to get the before and the after of it to understand the context of what it's saying. In Jesus, God is always and only doing good to you. There's no circumstance facing you that he's not engineering to give you deep and durable life and freedom and joy. He loves our lasting joy in him much more than he loves our temporary comfort today. He'll make the trade any day, and we can be glad he does. Know that God is doing good even when we feel worst. We feel the worst. He's doing good for in our behalf. Number five, even if you can't be friends now, you will be siblings forever. Sisters and brothers in Christ in heaven for eternity. For Christian relationships, breakups are never the end. Whether it sounds appealing now or not, you will be together forever, Revelation 7, 9 through 10. And you'll do so in a new world where no one is married and everyone is happy. That sounds too good to be true, right? So what would it mean to move on and think about our ex in light of eternity? While you will meet again and forever in heaven, you may not be able to be friends right now. And that is not necessarily sinful. In fact, in many cases, the healthiest thing emotionally and spiritually will be to create some space and boundaries. Hearts that have been given away at whatever level need to heal and develop new expectations again. So it's okay. Understand you need time to heal regroup reconciliation does not require closeness it does require forgiveness and brotherly love you could start by praying for them even when you can't handle talking to them pray that their faith would increase that God would bring believing brothers or sisters around them that he would heal and restore their heart that he would make them more like Jesus We need to learn to live today in our relationships, old and new, in light of our eternity together. Our patience, kindness, forgiveness, and breakups will shine beautifully next to the selfish, vindictive responses modeled in reality TV and adopted thoughtlessly by the rest of the world. Isn't that a different kind of brain thinking, uh, mindset, to think that, you know, forever so even though we're not happy right now, even though it's hard to forgive right now, that down the road we're going to reconnect somehow. We're going to run path, past each other somewhere down the road. It's better to have uh, relationships in peace and harmony than to have them in disarray and angry and bitter. Because, you know, when you don't forgive somebody, I learned this, I learned this, you're putting yourself in prison because that other person might not even know how much you're upset or whatever, 
but it's causing you grief. It's causing you pain. You're in prison in your own body. Break out. Set yourself free. Forgive them. And it says in the Bible, for, in the level in which you forgive, you too shall be forgiven. So you're not above everything, okay? You make mistakes too, right? So you need to forgive and move on. It doesn't mean you have to be best friends. doesn't mean you have to be in the same room. But forgive. Let it go. Move on. doesn't happen overnight. And I have to tell you, there's been times in my life where I didn't feel it, but I made a mental choice. It was a choice I made to forgive, even though I didn't feel like forgiving. And that came later. The feeling came later. But I had to make a decision in my head, in my brain, that I was going to forgive this person. So the thought came before the action. But the action did follow. It's not you, it's God, is not enough. It might be one of the most popular Christian breakup lines. God is leading me to do this. God told me we need to break up. I saw a vision in a bush on my way to class and we weren't together. All of them can probably be summed up like this. Look, it's not you, it's God. God very well may lead you to a breakup, but don't use him as a scapegoat. Own your own sin and ask for forgiveness where it is needed. Then be honest about how you came to this decision, how he made this direction clear to you. Sure, some things will be intangible, but find the tangible factors. This can help both of you. This is not a license to say harmful things, but helpful things, even if they may hurt initially. I think that's so healing right there, even though it's painful. I think that's very healing because otherwise you're left to your own thought processes. Why did it not work? Was it my fault? You know, what, what happened here? Because how can we move on and how can we learn from this if we don't have honesty in the breakup? I think it's really, really an important part of this whole thing. First, it's wise not to be alone in your opinion about the need to break up. Yes, your boyfriend or girlfriend may not agree, but you need to share and confirm your perspective with someone who loves Jesus and both of you. Go to someone you know can assess your heart in wanting to get out. If it can be a married man or woman, all the better. Talk to someone who knows what it takes to persevere in marriage and see what they think about your deal breakers in the relationship. Very, very wise counsel there. Very wise. You know, not just because you feel it, you know, get confirmation. Our imagination, especially in an emotional crisis, can be a lethal weapon that Satan leverages against us for evil. When we leave everything vague and spiritual, our ex will not, and the majority of what their mind creates, will be lies from the devil to destroy them. Give them enough information about how God led you to this decision without crushing them or tearing them down. That's very loving and needed. I say enough. Because there are lots of true but unhelpful things you could say. Again, run your talking points past a Christian brother or sister before taking them to your soon-to-be ex. In the end, they don't have to agree with you, but it's loving to help them toward the clarity and closure you're feeling. It just may free them to grow and move forward sooner and with fewer questions. So true. So true. How long is long enough? How long do you question whether this is or isn't the one. Seven, your father knows your needs. You, you're probably questioning this in the wake of your breakup, but God does 
know what you need, and he's never too slow to provide it. He might reveal things to you about the things you thought you needed, or he might simply show you how much more you need him than anything or anyone else. God feeds the unemployed birds of the air, Matthew 6:26. God grows the flowers of the field and makes them beautiful, even though they'll be cut, stomped, eaten, or frozen in a matter of days or weeks, Matthew 6, 28, 30. How much more will this father care and provide for his blood-bought children? When you ask for a husband, he won't give you a snake. When you ask for a wife, he won't give you a scorpion. Even when it looks like he's done you harm, he hasn't. He loves you. He knows what's best for you, and all things are at his disposal. All things. One way God provides for us through breakups is by making it clear by whatever means and for whatever reason. This relationship was not his plan for our marriage. The heart of Christian dating is looking for clarity more than intimacy. This probably won't taste sweet in the moment. But if you treasure clarity, breakups won't be all bad news. We all know some of the news we need most is hardest for a time, but fruitful down the road. We have to keep that in perspective, don't we? We have to remind yourself of that when you're going through the, the open heart bleeding stages. Trust him to provide for you each day or year, whether you get married or not. If you do get married, know that he will bring the imperfect man or woman you need. Number eight, learn from love lost. One of Satan's greatest victories in a breakup is convincing a guy or girl it was all the other person's fault. And I've already arrived as a future husband or wife. The reality is no one, married or not, has fully arrived this side of glory. We are all flawed and filled with the Spirit. So we will all always be learning and growing as people and spouses, present or future. Man, a lot of people. After the emotional tidal wave has crashed and passed, take some time alone and then, with close friends, to assess where God's carrying you, who he's making you to be through this. Identify an area or areas where you want to strive to be more gracious or more discerning or more faithful, more like Jesus moving forward. You're listening to the Sue Free Show on our flagship station, KKLA 99.5. Thank you, San Diegans, for joining at K Praise. Thank you, Venturians, for listening in on the word. And thank you, KUHL up in Santa Maria and Orange County, Inland Empire, all of those areas. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to this show. I hope that this is being helpful for you. It's definitely being helpful for me and family members uh, of mine. And, you know, none of us, when, you know, we've been through it and when we see other people go through it, it would be so nice to just try to kiss it and make it go away. But we can't do that, can we? We just need to be there to support and to affirm and to love on those people that are going through grief, loss, whatever that is and whatever caused that. And help our brothers, sisters, children, and all others to just get through tough times. We're here to be there for one another. You won't have many relational crossroads, more intense, personal, or specific as a breakup. So it truly is a unique time for some hopeful, healthy introspection, checked and balanced by some other believers. 
Nine, Jesus will help you find joy in the shadows of heartbreak. When we're left alone and feeling abandoned, it's really hard to believe anyone knows what we're going through. That may even be true of the good intentioned people around you. It is not true of Jesus. This Jesus came and was broken to give hope to the broken. A bruised reed he will not break, and a smoldering wick he will not quench, until he brings justice to victory. And in his name the Gentiles will have hope. Matthew twelve twenty and 21. The joy is not in knowing that Jesus had it hard too. Not much comfort there. The joy is in knowing that the one who suffered in your place died and rose again to end suffering for his saints. God saved the world and defeated death through his suffering and your suffering in the midst of your walk with Jesus. In this case, in a breakup, unites you to that victory, the greatest victory ever won. For those who hope in Jesus, all pain, unexpected cancer, unfair criticism, and unwanted breakup was given an expiration date and repurposed until then to unite us in love to our suffering Savior. Oh, boy. That's beautiful. Jesus went before the brokenhearted to pave the way for joy in pain. We live, survive, and thrive by looking to him who for the joy that has was set before him endured the cross, Hebrews 12.2. His joy before the wrath of God against sin is our first and greatest reason to fight for joy, not just survival after a breakup. Joy, three-letter word, joy. If you believe that, then make the most of this breakup. Knowing God has chosen this particular path to grow and gratify you in ways that last. No relationship you have in this life will last forever, but the good things that happen through them in you, even through their sorrows, yes, even through their collapses, will. It's not you, it's God, nine lessons for breakups. Here's five tips to spending time with God. And that's what the suggestion is, is when you're going through a breakup, is to draw nearer to him, okay? Because he's the almighty healer. He, he can heal the wounds. He's the almighty teacher. He can teach you what you need to know. So you're prepared for that next person, that person that might be that life person, person that you'll spend the rest of your life with. After Jesus had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone, Matthew fourteen twenty three. Jesus regularly demonstrated the importance of spending time alone with God, whether it was getting up early to start his day with prayer or going to his Father in the midst of incredible stress and uncertainty. Jesus believed in the importance of putting his Father first. And if Jesus did it, so should we. But where do we start? Good question, right? Number one, prioritize. If tomorrow you had an important meeting with your boss, wouldn't you make every effort to show up? Yeah. So why do we regularly ignore or postpone our appointments with God? Is it because we are too busy, easily distracted, or maybe just lazy? As God, ask God to give you a desire to show up and meet with him. Number two, time and place. For Jesus, the time was in the morning before the day even got underway. For many with young kids, the mornings can be chaotic. Maybe the ideal time is during nap time or in the evenings. Choose a place that is quiet and free from distraction. 
maybe an office, a study, or a bedroom. Do you remember the movie War Room and there was a closet? That was an amazing movie. You should go see it. And how about um, I Can Only Imagine? Have you seen that movie? Go see that movie. I highly, highly recommend it. Number three, plan. Choose a devotional guide to get started. Think of it like a spiritual warm-up to help you focus. That's really good. Number four, pray. Prayer is simply pouring our hearts out to God. The Lord's Prayer, Matthew 6, 9 through 13, is a great model to get started. It involves praise, praising the Lord, praying for others, confession, telling Him our needs, and asking for forgiveness and strength in the face of temptation. I'm going to add one thing to that that I think is crucial, because He tells us, to give thanks in all things. And that means in our prayers too. And sometimes we forget all the things that we have that we need to be thankful for. So I would say that in your prayer time, to take some time to give thanks to our Heavenly Father for what we do have and for who we are and who's in our life and all the blessings that have been bestowed upon you. Give thanks for those things in your prayer time. Number five, listen. Are you listening or simply doing all the talking? If we want to hear from God, we have to listen. God speaks to us through his word. He truly does. And, you know, I found this to be true. I have the same Bible I've had for many, many years. And I, when I go to church and I hear a service, a sermon, or I'm just um, reading my, my Bible and something appears to me that is like an aha moment at that time, I will always date it and I will write something in the side margin, uh, something to remind me of the time frame in which I'm uh, reading and where I am in my life. And the beauty of that is when you go through and you're reading Ephesians or you're reading Philippians or you're reading something and you reread the same scriptures, you're in a different place. I find that I'm in a different place than I was the last time I read that. And it it might have a whole new direction for me. It might have a new meaning, you know, which is really wonderful. Same words on the page. But for some reason, because I'm not in the same place, the words have different significance to me. And I think that's wonderful. And before we pray, we should be asking the Lord to reveal to us what he's trying to let us know, what He's what he wants us to take from this time, uh, what he wants to reveal to us at this time. We need to ask him for those things because he says, ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be open to you. He tells us that. His promises are true today yesterday and tomorrow and we can we can just like stay in that and it's a very peaceful place to be and it's comforting to know that he's awake you know he's awake 24 7 that we can talk to him anytime day or night and i find that wonderful because i don't know about you but there's sometimes i'm up to 33 30 in the morning and uh you know i i want to talk and i want to listen And it's very quiet and peaceful at that time. It's a good time. Now what? Take the 30-day challenge beginning today. Commit to a daily time with God for the next month. Maybe commit for a week. Start smaller, right? Commit for a week and set up this five priority uh, ways of, of spending time with God. Don't let distractions or responsibilities get in the way. Make God your first priority and see what he has to say. It can literally change your life. 
And that is so true. It can. It can change your life. So, uh, William, my producer, he's over there flashing a card saying, I have one minute left with you. And so what I want to say to you is that I'm going through a new Bible study right now, uh, Pursuing God, and it's with uh, Church of Rocky Peak. And I have to tell you that no matter how much time you spend with the Lord, you can never spend too much time with the Lord. He says to pray without ceasing. Okay, that's pretty heavy. That's pretty big. That's pretty long. That's pretty forever. And uh, that's okay. Um, We don't have to be in a war room to pray. We can be praying as we're walking. We can be praying when we're waiting for the bus or uh, waiting at the bank line. We We can just pray anywhere, just asking the Lord to guide us. Uh, you know, my, my prayer is to be the light in the darkness because we are called to be ambassadors. We are called to be the light in the darkness. You know, I think it's a wonderful ministry to be able to look for opportunities to be that light in the darkness. So be a blessing to someone each and every day. And if you're going through this heartbreak, I hope you listen to this. Take heart. This too shall pass. Love you. And God loves you more. Bye. It's a time of the year when bugs multiply like crazy and start looking for a home, your home. Ants, spiders, fleas, earwigs, termites, and a lot of other creepy crawly critters, even rats and other varmints. It's time to call E. coli Termite and Pest Control Services. They offer complete ecological pest control of rodents and insects. E. coli has one-time services, ongoing monthly services, their most popular and economical every-other-month service, and even quarterly service for occasional pest problems. E. coli keeps rats and mice out and eliminates insects in their nests. It's the most effective way, and their termite control is legendary. So call E. coli today for a free estimate of complete pest control at 877-332-BUGS. No more creepy-crawly critters like ants, spiders, fleas, earwigs, termites, rats, and other pests. Call them at 877-332-BUGS. 877-332-BUGS. E.C.O.L.A. Powerful pest control services as gentle as a butterfly. Ask about their two-year warranty. Call 877-332-BUGS. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.